0: If we're talking about things like IRIS possibilities, for example, we use integrated ML as a real big thing for future for our customers to make liquidity forecasts, things like that. And we also wanted to gain speed because speed is essential for us. Welcome to Rarified Air, stories of inspired service. Our host, John Palladino, head of client services at Systems. Will use his 40 years of experience to show you how to build a successful customer service program and highlight stories of innovation with customers join us as we explore the past present and future of service from ai's promise to the enduring power of the human touch
1: welcome to Rarified air with me today actually again, because we've done this before, this is take two, is Jogen Dubner from Simba. We did our podcast last summer at our Global Summit. It came off great, but Global Summit is a very busy place it to do is. a podcast. So here we are in Germany, and this is a great opportunity to spend more time with you, Jokin. Thanks again for being here. Uh, yeah. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and who Simba
0: is. Okay. First of all, thanks for being here. Taking another chance talking to you, it's 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 fine. So second time, I, I, oh, I, I don't care. It. Second time, it's <laughs> it's just great talking to you. So we could make a third one if we want. No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll <that> um, <laughs> so well, my career started in the late nineteen nineties, and um, I worked for Hewlett Packard mm-hmm. as an uh, IT project manager. And all of a sudden, um, reading the newspaper, and there was an ad from a small company named Simba. And they were looking for a software developer for their bookkeeping system. And I just thought that is great because that's kind of perfect match in terms of my own education. I'm an educated tax consultant assistant and I do a university degree in business IT. So that's kind of perfect fit, I thought. So it's been more than 20 years ago now. And I'm still there with Simba. So I started as a software developer and I just recall the first day stepping into Simba. And that's been a real nice one because that was the first day I got connected to InterSystems somehow. I stepped in there and there's been a person that handed me over a book about five inches thick that was titled Micronetics Mumps. And I thought about what am I doing here? Should I read about diseases or (laughs) what is that? (laughs) But the the next couple of weeks I, I dived into, and I've learned that this is just amazing stuff, that this is a great database. It's a really fast database, and, and I like to program it. And it's been real nice doing things in there. And, and as of today, I'm I'm CTO at Sima, so being responsible for all of the tech staff, development, IT. We started as a simple bookkeeping software. Well, at that time, the market was, was just, or our competitors at the market were just companies that, that had data-centered versions of, of their software system. So all of the data was, was inside a big data center with AIX systems, VAX systems, things like that. And the idea of Simba has been to provide a on-premise version of a bookkeeping software so that everyone, every customer has got its data in-house. And that's kind of changing idea on that market at that time. I can say we grew together with InterSystems these years because I recap that i've been employee number 15 or 16 something like that oh, and, nowadays, th- and nowadays and nowadays we're more than 120 people in there so i think compared to InterSystems, there are smaller figures but we have common growth together during the last 30, 30 or more years
1: no i can really relate to that because we're both old timers i've been with intersystems uh, a long time since 1985. You can do the math. <laughs> and when I joined, we had fewer than 20 people, and uh, we too grew and changed, adapted, innovated, and our customers' expectations have changed on the way. I'm sure
0: yours have too. Yeah, true. That's for sure. Because if we put what we do, it's kind of enterprise resource planning system for tax consultants. Well, as well for companies and, and social institutions, but mainly for tax consultants. Things have evolved very fast. First of all, I think one has to understand what Zimmer's doing internally. So this software system, it has kind of an external declarative effect. So if you imagine a tax consultant producing a tax statement for his customer, this goes to the legal tax department. And uh, if he produces a balance sheet, for example, uh, this has to be published officially in Germany so that everyone is able to have a look at that in the country. So this is what I mean by external effect. And this is kind of what we're evolving through all the years. And this is why we're technology driven in order to get these things out to the customer.
1: How has the technology served you over the two to three decades? You know, have you had to rewrite
0: your application or make major changes in your application? We did that partially, but I think this rewriting is kind of an ongoing process. So you have to spend 10% of your time, I think. That's my, my own opinion on going to rewrite your application in in order to keep it living, up and living. And that's what we did. But if we're talking about things like Iris possibilities, for example, we use integrated ML as a real big thing for future for our customers to make liquidity forecasts, things like that. And we also wanted to gain speed because uh, speed is essential for us. So you have to continually make it scalable, reliable, secure. That's a part. So this kind of external declarative effect, that means that our software could not have any errors. Mm -hmm. Well, it has That's kind of IT development, but it shouldn't have because it has to be rock stable. It has to be hardened. It has to be fault intolerant. When you provide something that has this external effect, you're always in charge of what's happening if things are going wrong. So if that text statement that's officially published is just wrong, we get a major problem outside. So what we need in here is a software solution that gives us the opportunity to develop in a very fast way, to develop things that are really rock stable and and that is part of our business. So it's kind of like we live in parallel universes
1: (laughs) in a way because uh, your company is private and evolved and highly successful and your customers' needs have Certainly increased, NARA's have too, and we've enjoyed a great partnership working together. For our listeners, why don't we both share yeah, how we see serving our customers evolving from the past to
0: the future? Would well, you like to go first, Jokin? Well, this is kind of evolving, I think. And I think if we're talking about tax business on our side, so if we look at what we've done in the past and what we have to do in the future, so German tax law is constantly changing. And what's the effort to, to be put on this is, if this is constantly changing, you have to have a system that goes with you in these changes. I can give an example. The German legislative process is a rather interesting one because, well, it somehow reminds me of some IT project management. If you have a team and you've got an estimation of a task that will last one week and you give that to your team, it will last one week or more. Mm-hmm. And that's just the same with the German legislation process. This one lasts one year even if they could have been finished it by, let's say, three or four months. So we, we often get last changes by 27th or, or 28th of December, and they gain validity January 1st. So <laughs> that, that narrows down the time frame of development to just a couple of days. And this is something as we're talking That's incredible. about. That is. And this is something that the database system in the systems provides us with is, is giving us the possibility to implement in such a a small time frame. So this is real rapid application development. And if we're talking about the customer there, what we're doing, and we're not delivering software at that very moment. This is not true, I think. We're building some kind of level of trust. This is what I think is just the intrinsic part of that. Because if our customer, and I think that's the same as within their system, if the customer trusts you that you're capable of delivering this kind of stuff in just a couple of days and and the tax consultant knows about the changes and he also knows that he will have to have them at January 1st or at least during January, that is something, if you are able to deliver that, with your system he trusts you and then he will stick with you forever and that's just kind of customer care that reflects stability in his customer experience
1: so that's amazing so the degree of trust keeps on increasing and the demand because of the changing environment continues to increase so your principles are really for the long-term success of your clients at the end of the day your software and our software doesn't really matter. It's the success of your customers that really matters. That's the most important thing. We love to talk about software, don't we? But (laughs) at the end of the day, it's about their success. So same thing for us. You know, the partnership aspect of our business is really important. And partnership to me means how you respond when things don't work, but also how you work together to prevent things from going wrong in the first place. So we continue to increase the way we work with our partners to work better at quality, delivering, delivering software features faster because our customers need it. I don't know about two days. I don't know if we can make <laughs> yeah, sure. the, uh, the release in two days, but we're working toward that. But our principles and support are to help the customers. So we don't have any, as you know, uh, you can, but our listeners may not. We don't have any barriers to getting the help that you need.
0: And that's that is that's just great because while well, I I recognized this from the very beginning of our partnership. I recall one one thing during our migration from Cache to Iris and I think that reflects this this kind of customer care I think. And while migrating we faced some performance issues indeed. We called worldwide response center and I recall that's been the first and only time in my life with inner systems that I opened a crisis call there. And well, I think you could explain better what what a crisis call is. But in my own words, this is from on there. uh, Everybody's working 24-7 to solve this issue. And that is just what the U.S. guys did with us. So we built kind of a task force and got this thing solved in a couple of days. And that was just great seeing this kind of effort, this passion for customer and customer success out there because that's our own DNA too. Yeah, it's immediate response is putting our
1: best people on the front lines. And as you said, in a crisis, all the bells go off. We tend to swarm it. And quite often developers are directly involved. They're excused from doing development until we solve the customer crisis, even if it has nothing to do with our software.
0: Yeah, that's a really important point, I think. It doesn't matter kind of what level you're living. If there's a C-level or whatever, you should take care of your customer. And that is what we also do. I, I recall an example, and that's just a great one, I think, because it tends back to, I think, 2010, something like that. And at that time, InterSystems ended life cycle of, I think, it's been 2K block size databases, something like that. And we knew that we had lots of those databases outside and we knew that we have to migrate. And Systems provided a command line tool. We sat down internally and thought of what should we do then? We have several thousand customer sites out there. How could we migrate their databases? I can't drive around in Germany and my team cannot drive around too. I couldn't spend people doing this. So... We sat down and we also called Worldwide Response Center and we called sales engineers and thought of what can we do in order to automate this? And at this very time, I joined my first global summit in Orlando. I think at that time it was called DEFCON. It was still called DevCon. I joined this DevCon and I had the chance to talk to the former Vice President for Development and Software. And This was just amazing because I didn't think of being able to talking to that kind of CEO, vice president level. Um, If you look at other companies, that that is a no-go. You can't do that. But with Inner Systems, I, I could have the chance. And I recall both of us standing there drinking coffee, talking about our situation. I just remember clearly what he said to me in the end. He said, well, until the end, Of this very DEF CON, you get a solution for an automation for this. And well, at first sight, I thought, yeah, okay, it's nice talking about, but I can't believe that because as I know from my own position, this is just, there's a gap between someone telling, yeah, I will deliver tomorrow and the team's doing to do this. I think two days later, I flew home and one workday later, I got a call from Inner Systems. They were telling me, your tool's ready. Your tool's there. You will get it with the next upcoming release. And if you want to have it now, you'll get an ad hoc for this. And this was just amazing. This was amazing because that is kind of dedication to customer success on every level of a company. And that is what our own DNA is as well.
1: That's why we bring developers to our global summit, previously called DEVCON, to spend time with customers so it's not a marketing event it's, in a way it's an educational event but it's also to hear what challenges or what aspirations our customers our partners have and how we can help help get them there how we can make you successful so you can make your customers successful so it's also a very good example of going the extra mile and you know we like to go the extra mile in lots of different um, <laughs> different scenarios so I'll share with you, we have a Monday morning senior management meeting. Half the meeting is about customer experiences. And by that, I mean fixes we sent to a customer. So I remember that event in 2010 because you were on my report (laughs) (laughs) that we had this interaction at DevCon, which was fantastic. And we were able to meet the need. We had to follow through, of course. But our CEO really wants to know yeah, you know, what are we doing to help our customers and the product and support what fixes we send to customers? If a customer had an event like an outage, even if it's not related to us, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, if a customer's down, we all look
0: bad. How does your management meeting work? Well, it's just about the same, I think. Um, really. Well, I think if if we bring that down to a point it's all about responsibility. That it's just what's customer care in itself, I think. And I always tell people and new employees, be responsible for, for what you do. That doesn't mean you have to do everything and be responsible for everything, but you have to take care of, of problems and it, it doesn't matter on, on which level you're living. And um, this is just a customer view and customer perspective you have to take in order to get this responsibility. And I think that's the core of customer care and, and a core of partnership. I I love that saying. Yeah, we have some sayings too. The one that just popped to mind is
1: when you're in a situation and you're not sure what to do, to do what's right for the company
0: or the customer, do what's right for the customer. That's perfect. That's really perfect. And uh, in my spare time, if there is one, um, I like to do athletics. I've done that for nearly the whole of my life. And um, I'm a javelin thrower. Oh, really? And um, I'm still doing that today while getting older and less mobile. But while it works... And I'm still doing this. and That's fantastic. And this is just something that could be compared to that. That's what I always think of when talking about this kind of responsibility. So if I'm not throwing good, if that throw is not good enough, I have to think about who's responsible. And, well, I could blame the wind. I could blame clothes, whatever I can think of, but that won't help. That won't help me to cope with that. The only thing is I have to be responsible for what I'm doing here. So if there is wind, I... I have to change the angle of my throw or something like that, or I have to train harder, but I have to be responsible for what I'm doing here.
1: You're going to have this image in my head of a big problem in front of you and you taking out your javelin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, that would be, be great.
0: I, I, have to, I have to try that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so if we talk about the future in terms of you know, where the challenges are ahead of us, um, chat, GBT, and kind of uh, large language models, and obviously... We don't really know what challenges that's going to bring for us, and it's interesting right now. I think the challenges ahead are complexity. And you mentioned complexity earlier. Yeah. Yep. Complexity is,
0: is, is one of the, the biggest issues, I think, in future. And if we make the point on this new AI stuff, GPT, things like that, what's it in core? I think it will change how people interact with software in the future. That I think is the main core thought of this. So if we're looking at that, what did we do for the past 10 or 20 years? We were building... Nice user, graphical user interfaces with with buttons and input field, things like that. So in my mind, I do have people talking to their software or chatting with their software. And this is also this kind of complexity we're talking about. And this is narrowing down complexity in terms of that we're interacting with software systems in a totally normal way, like both of us sitting here today talking to each other. And I think that that will be the case in the future.
1: Yeah, and I think the complexity is our problem, not our customers' problems. We don't want to make our products more complex. We want to make them simpler to use, especially for developers. That's great. People who are building solutions. That's great. Jokin, I really appreciate you joining us for this podcast. This has been fascinating. Thank you for your long-term partnership. Thank you for your trust. And I look forward to working with you for another 30 years.
0: Thank you for being here, John. Thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or want to hear from a specific guest, email us anytime at inspiredservice@intersystems.com. And when you're ready to unlock the potential of your data and experience the transformative power of support done differently, go to intersystems.com.